What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Raja, I'm live from Vegas. Yo. I'm, hey. I'm out here. What's up, how, buddy? How um how crazy is the vibe in Vegas? I spent one summer league in Vegas. Uh okay. it was with the Cavs. It was after that first season LeBron was there. And so I did summer league. And it's a it's a vibe though. Like the it, NBA it is a the vibe. NBA shows shows its ass to some degree at summer league. You got ex- execs are out. Like, I mean, yeah. out, out. Pool, it's funny. cabanas. It's hella funny, bro, because I'm not going to say the name of this this GM that I uh, walked past, but, like, it, I'm walking through an unnamed casino, but I see an unnamed GM, and it's just hella funny because this person is trying to have fun in a time where, like, you can't have fun as a GM. It's like you're moving and shaking I don't know. And it just seems there's just a lot of smoke all around. It's just it's fucking Vegas, man. It's and it's 111 degrees. It's it's, a you know, craziness comes out when it's hot, you know, and you have that to juxtapose that with basketball. And you see all these like these 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 kids who ain't never been to Vegas before, but they got to also focus on their goal while seeing this world. That's like, what the fuck? Knowing they got a game tomorrow. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of juxtapositions, a lot of stuff. Everything is going on in Vegas. One of my favorite parts of being with the Cavs for that summer league, I was, I kind of knew I was leaving at that point. So like, I wasn't all the way locked in. I was still doing my job, but I wasn't all the way. Yeah, you know, I was playing some, I was playing golf and 
and hanging out and doing doing my daily duties, but it was seeing, you know, being behind the scenes, like, again, there's work being done, but, you know, we were in a couple spots at night, late, and other teams brass were in there, and you get to see them in a light that you don't normally see them in because people are getting it in. It's a good time, right? It is Vegas. But for me, I guess this was the whole year, though. It was interesting for me to be on the flip side of of the equation. Um, like, so, you know, for instance, the summer league vibe, the kids coming in at like 3 a.m., mm-hmm. 2 a.m., and seeing them like skulk in, like and try to slide in. And then you see them the next morning and shoot around and somebody will be like, man, he don't, he's not moving great today. You mm-hmm. know, and you don't want to throw him under the bus. You're just like, oh, yeah, he's, I don't know, maybe stiff. But, you know, when you were on the other side of that, you thought you were slick, you were sliding in, trying to get in. And real talk, you know, those are big auditions for a lot of kids. For some yeah. people, it doesn't matter. But for some of those guys, like, this is your, this is your opportunity. It could be your only one, one of, a, of yeah. a few. So seeing how they handle that was really interesting to me from a professional side. That's why Vegas is such a great, city for summer league because it is a crash course in having to focus under a lot of pressure and a lot of shit coming your way in a way that you have never seen before because it's Vegas when you're an adult, you know, it's Vegas when, and it's funny, bro, because especially everybody know the NBA players when they run through here, bro. Like it's just the tall dudes. It's every, there's a tall in shape dudes because there's not a lot of those in Vegas. There's a lot of like, beer bellies. There's a lot of, you know, just a lot, a lot. It's not a lot of in shape folks in Vegas, you know, or they're just, you know, it's their cheat week, you know, it's right, their, it's right, their right. cheat weekend. They are not in the thing, state of mind. So you see them walking through, you see them, um, you know, mingling with other GMs. You see them at the slots, you know, you see that it's, it's a, it's a vibe here, man. Um, I think the biggest thing that, you know, I see when I come out here is just, um, the level of just the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed kids here, you right. know, who ain't never seen anything before. And wh- did you when did you ever hit a summer league raw? As a player, did you ever as a player? Did you ever hit uh, one? Man, I played in multiple summer leagues. What's the about, difference? What, what's the difference between a summer league? Because you kind of alluded to it. what's the difference between a summer league player and then as a thing, as a as a uh, G, as a front office person. Um, well, obviously, like as a as a player, you know, I was I was there in different parts of my career, right? So, like when I first went to summer league in Atlanta with the Hawks, they used to run a small summer league at Life College, I believe it was at Life College, yeah, right. So we at that point, you are super green, um, rel- relatively nervous, but but really excited about this opportunity because. In my situation, I was undrafted, but I was brought up for the whole summer to Atlanta. So I just really wanted to show and prove that I could go to camp, right? And and literally, that's all I was trying to do. I knew I, it wasn't about making your team at that point. I was just trying to get an invite to vet camp, right? So so that that was my focus, and it was about you know get, getting your your treatment and getting some good food in you, and then if you could. Um, and then getting to bed and being ready to go the next day. Like it was, it was about that and no real pressure at that point. Okay. So it was just like, I want to make this. And if I don't, I wasn't drafted anyway, so I'll figure it out. And then, you know, that following year after being in the CBA and going to camp, like mini camp with San Antonio, there was, we were in Boston 
Boston was a vibe. Life College was cool, but it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really like a scene. Now in Boston, I forget the college we played at, but it, you know, it was one of these old kind of Boston JUCO type of places. And it was packed to the rafters, bro. Like it was packed yeah. in that joint. It was Joe Johnson. It was uh, Desmond Mason. It, I'm trying to figure out who else. Uh, Kedrick, Kedrick Perkins had just got drafted by the by the Celtics. Like I was there with San Antonio. Chris Carroll was on our team. We had some, you know, there were a lot of good players in that class of kids that came out. And the vibe was like being in a, in a jumping ass big high school gym at a rivalry game. So, yeah. you know, Having played a year of pro ball in the CBA and being in that, it was just a step up, a little more pressure for me, right? Because now, you know, I'm on the clock. I've been to a summer league already. I didn't make it. I haven't got paid yet. And so, you know, I was hu- I was hungrier. I knew more. And so was it at the was it at the university? Was it the Clark Athletic Center on the University of Massachusetts, Boston? Was that it? Was that the venue? Could have been, dog. I don't I don't know. This was so long ago, man. This was okay. This was so long ago, but, but so what I did in that one that was different from the life life, I was happy to be there, dog green, mm-hmm. you know, and then we get to Boston. And so, you know, I want Joe Johnson. I want, I want Perkins. Chris Carroll is my guy and he's on my team, but I got to make sure that if somebody's leaving this thing from San Antonio in the newspaper, that's going to be me. Like th- this was my thought process. So any pick Desmond Mason, you got to see me. Now, I'm not saying I, I torched those dudes, but what I'm saying is that was my attitude. I have more of a killer mindset about it because now I'm trying to make the team. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was playing really well, getting buckets, defending, just being solid. And Alvin Gentry, still one of my good friends to this day, pulled me aside and was like, hey, um, we're going to, I'm just going to let you know, like, we want, we, we want to sign you. Like, we're going to, we're going to sign you when this is done. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Where was Gentry at at this point? San Antonio. He was in San Antonio. Okay. Yeah, he was coaching the summer league. So he Got said, okay. you know, we're going to sign you. Like, I need, you know, I want you to know that. Like, it's good news. And I was like, yes, that is, that is really good news. But every time you get cooking, I'm going to shut you down. He said, because we can't have you going out here and getting a multi-year deal from someone else. Uh-huh. And that cat, true to his word, anytime I got cooking, he sat my ass right down. <laughs> He was a, he was the best defender, wasn't he? He was he the was. best defender that you had here. But also true to his word, the the Spurs signed me. So that was I'm just gonna I'll just take up the whole time. So Spurs signed me. It's all good. Um, but I don't make their team right. So then I come back and I have that 0-1 thing with the Sun. I mean the Sixers. And guess who gets to go to summer league again? So you, yay! My third summer league. This time back in Boston, but this time having played in the NBA. So mindset completely different now. Was your Not, chest sticking out? What? Well, I got MVP of that bad boy, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, we. I got MVP of that. I was there for straight buckets. Like, I had seen AI practice. I knew the sets we were going to run. I was familiar with the offense that we were, were running. Were you AI? Were you AI? Somebody I AI? was AI, dog. And so all of Fuck those plays yeah. came to me. And, and so I got MVP of that, but mindset was, mindset was not about making a team anymore. It was about it was about showing you dudes like what you got. Mm-hmm. So that, those were my three summer league stories. I mean, I don't know how interesting. Oh, we're gonna but. get some more out of you. Don't even trip. It's so. <laughs> um, so I got the summer league yesterday, and everything I kept hearing: James Wiseman, 
Really, really good. Do you see what James Wiseman did? He looks like a player. He looks like he looks like a player. He looks like he could be something. Which is also another thing, and just how we are as like as a media right now. Just like James Wiseman was getting shitted on last, yeah, <laughs> like like a few months ago, right? In just one game, it's like, oh man, he's he's who he is, right? He is him. But the bigger point is. I get all this stuff, and I was telling you this pre-pod. I get all of this uh, people hitting me, like, oh, James Wiseman is good. Did you see this game? And I'm like, man, like, James Wiseman is a good basketball player, but he's playing against G-leaguers and second year and, like, gotten journeyman, right? He's mm-hmm. he's he's supposed to look good. I want to see him opening night at Chase Center balling against some grown adults that have been playing. Like, I want to see him against an eight-year vet, right? Sure. Uh, that's what I want to see. And not to take any wing away from James Wiseman, but I'm making this as an overall point um, or uh, going into an overall question of how do you balance a summer league performance like that with the expectation of like, oh, okay, like it's summer league. Well, okay, like, we'll, we'll see what happens. As a, as a talent evaluator, how do you look at that? As a talent evaluator, how do you look at that? Well, there, there are a few things that we're – that I would say going into a situation like that, right? Like, so using James Wiseman, for example, you are in most cases older than a lot of the players. Well, maybe not James Wiseman, right? But because he came out after one year, but if you've been in the league a few years, there's experience on you that a lot of these other cats don't have, right? There's, there's nutrition at your disposal. There is pro, you know, skill development, there's weight room. So I expect you to look better than, than the rest of the people there. Can you dig what I'm saying? So like anything mm-hmm. that you do to that tune, just you're doing your job. Like I'm not getting overly excited about that. Like you're doing what you're supposed to do there. Um, if you're already on my team um, and you've got pro experience, I would expect you to carry offensively. You know, like you should you should be doing the meat and potatoes of the scoring, the lip, the heavy lifting. Uh, that's what that's. Therefore, now around the fringes of the James Wiseman's, the Kamingas, um, I don't know who else is on their summer league team. I haven't really watched. Moses Moody, who's also been balling, by the way. That's what you're expected to do, right? Now, what I've done as as usually your your GM isn't making your summer league team. That's tasked to like his assistant GM or someone in player personnel. I'm looking for complimentary pieces to those guys. you know, and maybe a couple pieces that might fill a need on our team that we want to get a look at, right? And summer league. So from those pieces, I just I want to see that, you know, you can you compete at an NBA level, that you under you understand how to play, um, that you can either knock down a shot or defend or play out of pick and roll, whatever it is that I'm looking for from maybe that position on my team. You know what I mean? Um, I want to see that you understand what this is about that you're not coming in here just, you know, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. You took two shots. I got to take three shots. Like we can't, we can't do that. I don't, I don't need that on my team. So I need to see a level of understanding and maturity out of those dudes. Right. As well as, you know, the checking the boxes of the skills. But as far as James Wiseman goes, I expect you to be better than everyone here. And I don't put any stock into what that's going to look like, you know, with the big club. Cause again, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I led summer league in scoring that year and I got MVP and I also played pretty well in this in the preseason. None of that translated to the NBA regular season. So the summer league MVP summer, 
that comes on the heel. You're coming on the heels of that in preseason, and that's why you talk so much shit to Michael Jordan that time, didn't you? Because oh, you was bro. coming off the heels. No, you had not a just, finals appearance. Dog, you had yes. MVP at not the Summer that. League. I came off a of Game Seven Bucks, Game One Lakers, like, like <laughs> and then MVP of the Summer League. And we didn't see MJ first game of the of the of the uh, preseason. I think it was like, eh, maybe it was first game. But you know, I was I had twenty one in it, so like, oh, you I, was ready to go. You, you couldn't tell was me like, yeah. shit. And I'm here to tell you, none of it translated into regular season success for me that year. Well, it's funny because we had um we had a uh, JTA on the pod. Uh, a, a year ago, right? And one of the things that he said was, um, you know, he was trying to, like a lot of people was in his ear, like, why you ain't scoring? Why you ain't scoring? Duh, 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 duh. And he's like, I have to know my role. And pass the ball to, to, to other guys. Like, I am not a scorer on the team. If I go to look for my shot, it's actually going to do me a disservice than a service. How how much do you have to, to instill that into a lot of guys? When you, when they're at this time, okay. What's the fine line there? Fine line of of understanding your role. So the way I always approached it, right? A situation like JTA, or you know, you're a free agent and you're going into one of these mini camps. That's typically what they used to have before summer league. From the mini camps, they would construct their summer league team, right? And then from their summer league team, they'll pick if anything looks good enough to make their vet camp, right? So let's say we're going to one of these free agent mini camps. Just play your game. You've been brought there for a reason. They've seen you play already in a lot of instances. You might be there on a favor to an agent, but you ain't making the cut anyway. So if you're there because they've invited you there, don't step outside yourself and start thinking you have to play a certain way. They like something in you. Just do it, right? Play your game. So I always felt like being being who I was was the best way to approach that. So you know, I wasn't going to try to score a bunch of points. I wasn't just there focusing on defense. I wasn't there turning down shots because, you know, I didn't want them to think I was greedy. I just played the right way, the way that they had always seen me play. And so, you know, like that, if you're doing that well, there's a good chance that you're going to be successful or someone watching you is going to at least say, yeah, that's why we brought him here. Like that's, that's why we brought him here. If you step outside of that and start trying to reinvent yourself, trying to figure out what they're looking for, it's a recipe for disaster. Now, here's, here's what I would say to an already established pro, um, maybe in G- JTA's category. You can get typecast. Like, I was typecast in the NBA for Philly. I, I mean, I, people, I couldn't score in Philly. That's what they said. That's not fucking true. It's not true. Is that what like, was on your mind in the 20, 2001 summer league? Like, fuck no, you, I can score. No, not really. I was just, I was given the opportunity, so I was going to do what I do, you know? Like, but it wasn't that I couldn't score in Philly. I was a young player. We had Allen Iverson. Like, it wasn't my turn yet. Then I got to Dallas, and, you know, we had a great team with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, and I wasn't a pure shooter, and those guys all had the ball. So, you know, I'm not going to score there either. And so, I just got lucky that, I went to Utah. In retrospect, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My agent, you know, Malone had just left to go to the Lakers and Stock had just retired. And it was a very, very young team with very young talent on it. And so we all had to score a little bit. But without the scoring, Logan, like you have to be able to shoot the ball. 
You don't have to play make. You don't have to have the ball in your hands and, and be a usage rate guy. But you have to be able to do something on the offensive end. Otherwise, you're a liability. They, your defender doesn't guard you. And now, and now the team's in a worse situation. Yeah, you're defending, but we can't score because your man won't play you. So completely turning down shots and not looking to score is not a good idea. Like You have to show them your value on the offensive end. And be able to defend and do the other things, right? So, you know, in a lot of instances, you're coming into a summer league like that, your value is going to be in, in knocking down shots and defending. It ain't going to be in like, hey, let me give you the ball and just go be a volume scorer. That's not what it's going to look like. So my first summer league was 2019. And that year I got to, I was just looking around. I was I was also wide-eyed and bushy-tailed like, I had been to Vegas a lot just being on the West Coast, but like it was like, oh, shit, this is different. This is Summer League Vegas. This is a lot different. But one of those people that, like, one of the things that I saw and who was also there um, was Campaign, who um, at the time was pretty much out of the league or was, like, on his way out of the league. He was somehow, he, he was on, I don't know, like, the logistics of it, but just seeing it from where I was. Monty Williams was a coach of Phoenix at the time. From the outside looking in, it looks like, yo, he gave he gave Campaign a shot because Monty Williams was the assistant in Oklahoma City when Campaign was playing and got drafted. And um Campaign was balling. Like it was, it was, oh, oh, he's coming, he's he's coming for food. He's ready to get back in the league. What is the what is the mindset of a guy like that? Like, there's you. We talked about the the there's the rookie guy, there is the young guy trying to make a team. But what about the young guy trying to get back into the league after he gets drafted high? Like, what is the mindset of that guy? His mindset, um, it's all. I mean, your mind your mindset is kill. I mean, that's your that's your mindset. Your mindset is like business, bro. Like, don't you know? I'm cool with y'all. But I'm here for one reason, bro. Just he ain't out till three in the morning sneaking into his no, room. Don't get this twisted. And even on the court, like again, I would say that player's mindset is different than the one I just talked about. Like again, I fall into the category that we talked about a little while ago with with uh, with James Wiseman. You've already got NBA experience. You, you're you're three or four years in. I'm expected to kill this shit, and so that's going to be my focus is to just work you out and. You know, I should have some tricks of the trade at my disposal. A lot of these cats, you know, haven't played professional ball yet. But that that's what you're there to do because there's an expectation level of you that, that's higher than the rest of those young kids there. So you can't just fall into like, yo, um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you're there for – so if like campaign is an offensive player. He's not there for defense, right? Mm -hmm. So if you fall into the offensive player category there – in that situation, cook. I mean, if you are a defending shot blocker, then you should be getting 15 boards and beating up three shots a game. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to excel in whatever, whatever type of player you are looking to get back in the league. You better excel in that role at that, at that, uh, at that summer league. All right, man, let's take a quick break. And Ranja at the other side of this, we're gonna get a little messy. Mm hmm. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. All right, Rara. So, you know we're all about vibes at Real Ones, you know? You are the... I mean, I haven't called you this in a while, but you know who you are. You're the vibes curator. Mm. Um... You are, uh, so, you know, you're a good person to talk about this. This happened before I got to Vegas, but um, the cameras got everything. And what I'm talking about is the Cold War that allegedly maybe, probably not, but maybe exists between LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. Let's paint the picture here. Um, LeBron um, came in on his uh you know front row seat at summer league for the Lakers game out the, out here and um you know he's coming he's shining Randy Mims is with him you know he got his diamonds glistening he's chilling you know he's he's uh he's dislocating uh Scotty Pippen Jr's uh uh shoulder by picking him up after a foul call you know he's just he's locked in you know he's ready to go and right. then you see one Russell Westbrook, who was also in attendance, right? And he's also courtside. He's looking sad. You know, I honestly don't know why he came out there. Um, this is coming on the heels of rumors that he may get traded for Kyrie Irving and that LeBron pref- would want Kyrie Irving on the squad. This is the, this is the reports and the rumors that are out there. And Russell Wes- Westbrook decides to come anyway. And so, you know, LeBron is LeBron is doing LeBron thing. He's being the politician. He's dapping people up. You know, he sees Rob Palenka. He's like, yo, what's up, Rob? We're going to get this done. We're going to figure it out, you know? And he talks to everybody, Lakers personnel, except for one Russell Westbrook, who, you know, he signed off to get the trade done to get him there. Um, what do you make of all of this messiness, Ra-Ra? What do you think of this? What's going on here in, in Vegas? What, 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 are, what are the tea leaves telling you when you see this? Yeah, that, you know. Russ is <laughs> Russ is no longer in camp, if you will. Um, I would say this though. You know why I mess with Russ? You know why, why I don't allow up? any why? Russ why? slander? You know why I defend why? Russ's honor? <laughs> because he was sitting courtside. Mm. Like, who the hell are you, bro? I mean. Boy, you wait because you act in a certain way, or because you're trying to trade me and don't want me on the team no more. I'm gonna sit my ass at home. Nah, I am son. LA. I am no. LA. I am LA. I'm out here, <laughs> and I like that. I like that energy. 
I like that. Just defiant, like in the face of defiant. Just mm, no, bro. I'm not only out. that, he's going we'll to Darvin there. Ham's like coaching press conference, just standing here, like I'm here. I'm What's here. up? You see me? What's good? Um, but <laughs> all jokes aside, it don't it doesn't look good for my man Russ. Um, it's just. I don't know, man. I have no real insight into their relationship or lack thereof. Or you know, I, I it just from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like you're in the camp anymore. And you know, when you're not in the camp, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's big meet the Falkers energy where it's like circle of trust and then Russ. In Russ. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great call. Yeah. It's it's just it's sad. I'm at a lack for words right now because that's my guy. How do you and feel? How do you feel, bro? Because we're in the pre-pod meeting with me, it came in with me and Sasha just talking about Russ and him on his way out. And we, and you heard, overheard this and you know, I'm going to be real with everybody was to pull the curtain back. Ra-Ra doesn't do this, this, this Russ defense for show. He really bout this life. Like if you come on the pod talking that shit, if you come even in the zoom, you're like, yo, Check this out. And when he came on the pod today, it was a face. It was like, hey, man. And it was also just like a level of resignation that hurt me. So how do you feel right now? Like, you know, because it's really only you on the Russ bandwagon right now. Like, It's really (laughs) only you on Russ Island holding it down. You know, how do you feel right now? I, I mean, I feel sad for Russ. Russ, you went to the wrong team, bro. You were hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. Mm. They, you know, you went as a polarizing player. You you went to play in one of the biggest media markets with the biggest star, um, and the team gets the most scrutiny of any team in the NBA. Like, and your styles didn't fit. It was just bad. It was a bad call, bro. You were, and so I'm sad for Russ because. Well, I can agree Russ isn't maybe the player that he was three years ago. Like, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that he was good this year or great this year. I am saying that if you look at Russ's numbers, they were kind of what Russ always is, you know? Like, and I I I don't understand why Russ gets so much hate. I don't. Like, I don't understand why he gets so much hate, bro. Like, like real levels of vitriol hate. Like, I hear these clowns talking about him on TV and the radio and shit. And I'm like, yo, slow me down, dog. Well, the, because nah, you don't slow go, me. No, no, slow I'm me down, I'm trying to help bro. you out. I'm trying to tell you why and see if you respond to it. Can I All do right. that really quickly? Go ahead. Around league, like, if you talk around the league or if you talk to people, it's the fact that, one, he takes too many shots. And also, there is the... There is the assumption that at least opposing teams think this when well, on the scouting report that but it's a lot of fake hustle, right? It's a, the, the hustle is a lot of fake hustle. It's not like he's going on defense. He let a lot. And this isn't like this is something you could look at. So on the did tape. Kobe. Kobe didn't guard nobody at the end of his career. He didn't guard nobody. Like nobody. This MJ, been, didn't, this been, MJ didn't guard nobody at the end of his career. LeBron ain't guarding nobody. Though, the thing is, though, what is no, something don't, that they don't all tell have me that. No. as no. superstars? What do they all have as superstars that Russ don't have? That's fair, but it that shouldn't translate and to I'm a saying level this of is hate. Someone that happens to to really like Russell Westbrook. Okay, I think that's fair when you are when you are putting people in categories as like champions and greats. All of that is fair, 
I'm simply saying, I don't know why that translates to the level of vitriol that people speak with when they talk about Russ. Like, if he's a bad dude, like, if you he's tell not me, a bad hey, dude. well, then, I, again, like, I don't get that, dog. Like, I don't, I really don't get that. He didn't fit. I'm not saying that he did. I'm not saying that he should be a Laker. I'm not saying that he is the answer anywhere in particular. I'm simply saying I don't understand why there is this level of hate. You know how many dudes out there are inefficient, like or inefficient? Um, like, come on, bro. They're scattered across the landscape of the NBA, and don't nobody get the hate like that cat gets. I, you got me. I, you got I, me in my feelings today, bro. Because there's not you, a lot bro. to talk about, and. I'm you not have a lot to think about. You have a lot to think about right now. You've been thinking about, like, you think about Russ, and you're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Hold on. Hold on. I wasn't even thinking about Russ till you asked me the question, and, and it just kind of <sighs> dawned on me. Like, I don't, yeah, man, sure, inefficient. Not a great fit with LeBron. Probably on the downside of his career. Hasn't won a championship, and a lot of that's got to do with him. I can dig all of that. I can then and say also, in the next breath, like, it's, it's still it, not a lot has of people a lot that, to, it has a lot to do with OKC, let me be honest. He got a lot of the blame for right or wrong for Kevin Lee. Right? How's that, how's that look now? How's that look now? Points were made. Points were and are made. You know, shit, if I'm going to yell the whole pod, let's yell. Like, okay, y'all hung all of that on Russ. Now how's that look? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I thought there was more to the point. I thought you were going to – No, you said, no okay. I, I don't need to make – I don't need to explain that. Like, okay. you know, this man, this man – and, and I look, again – like, he can be great, but that shit don't look like it's all Russ at this point. Mm. Okay. Now, I'll, you have been, you love Russ, but you've also been around LeBron. What is it like when LeBron freezes somebody out? At least this is what it looks out on the line. This is at least what it looks like, right? I'm not saying that he froze him out. I'm just saying the eye test says, because here's the thing LeBron. I, I've not covered LeBron. I want to cover by saying this, but when you see for LeBron, every single thing that he does in front of cameras is calculated. You calculated. cannot tell me that it's not, bro. Every single thing that he does. So if he wanted to show t some love of respect for us, I think he would have done it. But so that's why I'm saying that, like, it seems like he froze him out. Yeah. So what is it like when he freezes a motherfucker out? What is it like? Forgive the pun, but it look it's cold. Like, if, if I would just like picture this, I don't know, Montana, because I just watched Yellowstone, like middle of February, snowstorm, everybody's in the lodge, like drinking hot cocoa or their little spirits or where have you, and just warm, cozy. And you look outside and it's a, it's a mofo sitting over there on <laughs> just ch teeth chattering and like that shit looks cold. And I, ex I experienced that to some degree. I witnessed it early on. Do you remember what LeBron... KD, I mean, I'm sorry, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love got together that first year? Yeah. Remember how hard it was for Kev and LeBron kept making these, these things like don't fit in, fit out type of deal? Don't, don't fit out, fit in. It was, it was, it it was, was but, wild but, third eye vibes. It was, that's what that was. It was. And now he didn't, he didn't like kick Kev out of camp. But from my perspective, it looked like Kev just wasn't in camp yet. You know what I mean? Like he hadn't worked his way in camp. And this is me speaking from, again, my perspective, not for Kevin, not for LeBron. It looked like that was a cold place for Kevin Love to be in. He didn't look happy. I mean, I dealt behind the scenes with, with you know, Kevin and, 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 and Deion Waiters while he was there and people like that. So, like, I, 
I have a little insight into the way people felt and it just looked cold and like he felt that I'm not part of this. And then it was fixed and they've been good. They seem to be really good friends and all of that stuff. But early on in that, Kev was on the outside looking in and you ask me how it feels. I don't know, but it looks cold. Forgive the pun. This is why LeBron is the coldest in the league, bro. This is why this is why I don't want to hear anything about LeBron's competitiveness or the lack of or that he doesn't have the that that cold-blooded cut your heart out energy because if or when Russell Westbrook gets traded there's going to be a time when Russell Westbrook comes back to Staples, Crypto Arena, whatever you call it, we call the building now, who knows, like whatever there's going to be a time when they play against each other. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is going to probably give Russ the biggest hug. Like, hey, man, you know, that's my bro for life. It's been tried and true every time. <laughs> it has been tried and true every time. Bro, brother for life. Dog, yo, what's up? It is going to be hilarious. Well, trying to think of who he's done it with and their personality Kyrie. makeup. No, I know. I'm trying to think of their personality makeup. You know, it's interesting because Kyrie doesn't seem as much as he is confrontational. I don't think he's overtly confrontational, if that makes sense. Like in a situation like that, I don't think Kyrie would show his ass. I do think Russ would, though. So I think that would be telling, right? Because you start out with him and KD to some degree, right? So I think that if if there really is bad blood, because again, this is all just conjecture. Like, I don't know. I don't know that he's outside the camp. That that could have just been, I don't know. But could have just been is, a mere coincidence. Could have been. I mean, I uh, he might not have seen Russ. I doubt it, but let's just say, for argument's sake, that it is not. Then I think Russ will be you'll see a warm embrace. Like, whatever, dog. Like they got that shit twisted. That was all media driven. We're cool. It just didn't work on the court. But if there are some feelings, I don't think Russ is the one to fake that interaction with him. I don't think here's the thing. I don't think it was media driven, bro. Like, I don't think it was. I don't either. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. So what I guess my overall point is that that little exchange that you just described that LeBron always has, it's not going to go the way he thinks with Russ. Dog. I, I don't, I see, I don't see Russ. I don't be, see it. It would be cold if like LeBron got curved. It would be wildly funny if that happened. Because that doesn't happen. That usually doesn't happen when like guys get done. Because also another thing, LeBron for whatever it is, LeBron gets motherfuckers paid. So he'll get you paid before he gets you shipped up out of here, you know, by and large. I, I mean, that's fair though, right? Like, cause there's like, remember the year when he, like when Della Vadova went to, uh, was it Milwaukee or something like that? And he was like, good job, Delhi. You know, didn't yeah. want him. Like it was clear that he, that Delhi wasn't coming back. Like he was not going to come back to the Cavaliers. Right. But you're saying he got Delhi paid. Hey, of course. Yeah. He got Delhi paid. How? What do you mean? How he was how on LeBron's team? He was on LeBron's team. I don't. And I don't played subscribe. well for a good I su- No, I don't subscribe to that. Okay, I don't. You and I will. You and I will agree to disagree. As someone who played in Delhi's position, like I'm not saying Delhi didn't bust his ass. I'm not saying Delhi didn't bust his ass. I'm no, not man. saying that he didn't play. That he didn't play great defense against Steph for the game. You know, so I think that he earned it. But what I am saying is, but that's not what you said. Of, you said you just said he earned it, and then. All right, eight breaths before that. You said LeBron got him paid. Can I finish my point? The 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 LeBron got him paid thing stems from the fact that LeBron's spotlight 
showed what Delhi could do on a higher stage. Could he wouldn't have done that on that spotlight without being on LeBron James's team? Is that fair? I mean, that's fair. If he was doing what he was doing on a thirty-one team, he wouldn't have gotten the bag that he got. Is that fair? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, no. I'm 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 speaking from experience. I I got my biggest bag coming off a team that didn't make the playoffs. I played with Allen Iverson. I got minimums. I played with <laughs> Steve, I played with Steve Nash. <laughs> I went to the I went to the finals. I went, I went to the finals. I got a minimum deal. And then I got kicked out of the NBA. I went to the Western Conference Finals with Dallas. I got a two-year, $1 million a year deal from Utah. And then I played on a bad team, and I played well, and I got my bag. Touche, motherfucker. <laughs> Touche. Touche. You got me. But I you feel you, though. It, I feel you, though. His, his, I, I can make the argument. It's, it hits home with me. Like You could tell things when they, when they hit somebody in the soul. As someone who had to do it the way Delhi did it, it, it always... It always gets under my skin a little bit to hear people say somebody else made you your money. You know what I mean? Like that shit always hits me that. wrong. I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah, man. I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> so, um <laughs> No, come on, we can't end it on. We can't end it on that. No, I'm not angry. I'm just it's one of you know what else bothers me? I'll just No, no, not that you're angry. Going. That was just a legit feeling that I had. <laughs> me, all right. This is the other thing that bothers me, and it, it'll always bother me. Is sitting around, and it used to happen all the time in, in behind the scenes with the Cavs, like sitting around at a table and hearing people call NBA players bums or, yeah. or you know, like he can't play was a term I hear all the time. And I'm like, you know, this was, I, this I'm trying to thing. toe the line because I am a professional now, but like you can't say that. And I hear Here's fans thing, do it bro. all the time. I have to curb my boys all the time. Like, yo, dog, you're 15. You you don't get to call anybody playing anything professionally trash. You don't get to do it. So don't even make your mouth up to say it. Like, those are some of the best people on the planet. If one of those cats came into your gym tomorrow, he would light that shit up in a way that you've never seen before. The worst player in the NBA would bust your ass every time. And also, here's another thing. And this is something that I've, like, this, this is a personal anecdote. Like, you realize how, like, easy those NBA players make it and the G Leaguers make it and everyone that's played professional basketball, how easy they make the game. When you go onto the court afterwards and just put up shots, like, as a me as a mortal person, oh. just, like, putting up shots, the you thought that because they make every shot and they, and they do all that stuff and they do it with a hand, that you can do it from, like, you know, that... I, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this. Like, I went on a court after uh, the Nets uh, Warriors game. Uh, I think it was January. And this was like after, and I'm just fucking around. I'm not even shooting a basketball. I'm just like visualizing the game that I just saw on the court. Like, just being on the court, like, oh, yeah, such and such did this from here. Bro, during that game, Kyrie hit like a fadeaway wing three with like the game on the line. And I saw, like, I was on the court and I saw where he took that shot. I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, even set shot that I can, like, yeah. even think about doing that. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's the, the cream of the crop, right? You can't even, motherfuckers can't even hit a, shet, a set shot consistently from top of the key. You know? Listen, yeah, I do know. <laughs> but I, I, again, that will always just. They airball free throws. And one thing I didn't know. Is that the free throw line is closer than I thought it was? It's close. It's pretty close. That's not. It's not far. It's fifteen feet. Um, 
I deal with high school kids all the time, right? And I, I legitimately have dudes in high school that think they can beat me. Now, mind you, I'm 45 years old. I don't run or jog or anything. I'll lift some weights sometimes, but like my back hurts, so I don't do a lot. But I, I, it's an absurd thing. Like, and every now and again, I have to in flat in my flat, like you know, tennis Slip shoes slips. or something. Like, yo, I, I, and jeans. Like, let me just let me just put this to bed real quick because if if someone really wants to, that's that has that has the level of mastery that some of us have. If you played 10, 12 years in it. There's nothing you're going to be able to do, right? And people don't people don't understand. I go to the park and cats get angry all the time when I play with my sons. Mm-hmm. Because like they, you know, I'm like, look, dog, I'm 6'5", 225, bro, 235 now. Like if I and really you got want, old man strength now, there's bro. nothing you can do. Now, I'm just here to have a good time and let my jits get off. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to be a butthead about this, like, and we they don't be a butthead. Oh, I, I have no problem. <laughs> But that always bothers me, right? Like when they call someone trash and I would be the, I would be, you know, I, for most of my career, people still say I was trash and I'm like, Hey man, like it's cool. I'm okay with that, but you got to understand what you're saying. Like that is, that is a level of disrespect that like, that will get you 11 owed in a game to 11. Here's another thing though. This is what they don't know though. You don't want to really lose because you're not getting out of bed the next day. (laughs) That's trying fair. to prove a point shit. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yo, yo bro. <laughs> yeah. I, Those yeah, cats in the park, if they saw me the next morning, they'd be like, yes. Yeah, motherfucker. Yes. Yo, there was this one time Roger sent the video in the chat of him shooting jumpers. Motherfucker, they was cash. All of them was cash. Everything was cash. I know he was hurting the next day. I know this? it was done. How about this? I'm still dealing. That was, what, a month and month and a half ago? That was a month and a half ago. I'm telling you right now, I've had this spasm behind my right shoulder that yep. I don't know the origin of it. And I've traced can't it really back. Explain. I've traced it back to that day and the amount of jump shots I shot. And you, hey, you was feeling good, dog. You had the Daddy Yankee list uh playing. You know, you was really like Miami vibes. You know what I'm saying? You Nobody was out playing here. No you Daddy was... Yankee. <laughs> No, 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 what it was, you know what it was? It was not Daddy Yankee. I, I was just, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was Noriega and Capone, though. It, I think it was Noriega, though. Because he was out here in the trunk. Yo, yo, you was out here shooting and you was getting the groove going too as you was doing. He was like, play, play that shit. You was, you were, you were talking to the machine like, yo, give me that shit. You was licking your, licking your, licking your I might hands. I have to tweet like, that, bro. Should I tweet that? Should I tweet that? I was trying to fucking tweet it and you were like, no, man, it's too personal. It's a fucking. Drop the tape. You were acting like you were acting like that time with fucking um when Jordan Crawford dunked on LeBron. Like you was like confiscate the tape, burn put the it tapes. out there. The fuck, burn the I was tapes. like, I was like, dog, put the tape out, dog. Like you know, man, I, now you know I'm in my feelings. Sometimes I don't know, dog. I don't know. Yeah, man, just don't when you post it. Just post it with like a caption of like you know, still got it or some shit. Don't put like hell of them hashtags down. Don't be at motherfuckers. Just say, just put it out. Just put the video out. <laughs> Cause you do, you do. I, I tweet hashtag like you watch sometimes. Do I? Yeah, I don't, bro. Who do like I hashtag. Yeah, no, nah, bro. Like you be like you do it when you're shouting out your sons, and I know why you do it because you're promoting the little homies, you're promoting D, and you're promoting Ty, Ty Bell, right? 
Dion them got to right. add people. They got to add people. I know dog. they do. That's so their job. I, just, I, I do know this, right? But I'm yeah. saying when if or when you tweet this video, don't do that shit. Just be like, just like a caption, like still got it or some shit. I mean, you know? I don't, I don't appreciate the way you're speaking to me right now. Dog. I'm just none saying, of my you're trying personal, to get, I, none of my personal tweets are hashtags and ads. Like I might <laughs> repost theirs that have hashtags and ads, but not mine, dog. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm just saying you 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 trying to you saying that you want to uh check mark, but you're not tweeting as such, is all hey, I'm saying. Twitter sir. just hey dog, I don't even I think I got like 14 days before I can reapply. So <laughs> <laughs> bro, that is so pathetic. Yo, this dude has been trying this for since I've known him, bro. That's crazy. Since I've known him. That shit's crazy. Hey, Rob, we uh two years of real ones coming up. Two-year anniversary wow. of real ones coming up. Really? It's crazy that it's only been, like, we're coming up only on two years. But we're going to have, like, just a little preview. We're going to have a little little extravaganza coming up pretty soon. I don't know when. You guys just keep it locked. We're going to have all the homies come through and just, just go through mem- down memory lane. You know, That'll we're just going to do that. That'll be But, fun. like, hopefully, Raj's two-year anniversary prize is a fucking check mark because, jeez. <gasps> don't you have a check mark on Instagram? Oh. Do you ever check Instagram? Yeah, because Instagram don't be on that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Instagram was like, here, dog. Yes, we know you take that. Mark Zuckerberg was like, yo, take this check. Jack Dorsey's like, who the fuck is Raja Bell? Bro. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. They make it hella hard. Like, do I go as a sports entity? Do I go as a... So I, the last time I went, I went as a media member, right? And so like, I, I put the ringer like website to verify with like it goes to me. I even use my damn driver's license and shit. I know, nah. bro. Nah, nah. They scamming, dog. They nah. scamming. They scamming. All right, man. That was been another edition. <laughs> Real ones. Um, hashtag get Raza checked out. Uh, <laughs> hashtag- <laughs> I don't with the hashtag, bro. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, but yeah, man. We 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 live. And uh, make sure you check us out every Mondays and Thursdays. What's up, Rob? I'm putting those jumpers up. Hashtag verify me. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's not going to work. It's damn not it. going to work. Oh, um, damn it. Uh, so in the meantime, in between time, make sure you go check out um, all everything on the Ringer Slate. I had dinner with all the homies yesterday, bro. It was at a shout out to Mama Fuku. You know, Jomi was in the building. Jomi. Saw Big Jome. Big Jome. Yo, Jome is... <laughs> Job is out here living this Vegas life, dog. Oh, I, I can see it in his eyes. I can see it in his eyes. His first summer league, this dude is in a bag. Yeah. He came up and gave me a hug from behind, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's here. He's Stay locked safe, in. Joby. Stay safe, Joby. <laughs> hey, all my real ones in Vegas, y'all make sure, yeah, protect Joby at all costs, okay? Because yes. I've just been seeing him locked in. He's in a round. He's been in the gym, but it's his first Vegas summer league, and it shows. It shows. Hmm. Um, he had an r- unexplained wristband on. You know when a motherfucker got a wristband on, It's he's been outside. Bro, yeah, he's, he's been, been outside. He, outside. Ain't, he ain't been back inside yet. He's rolling right from it. Yeah, somehow Jomi got a tan, and I'm like, well, what the? F-? Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, make sure you check out the whole Ringer slate. Make sure you check out um, The Answer. Make sure you check out The Void. Void! Make sure you check out uh, Group Check. Make sure you check out Mismatch. Make sure you check out everything on the Ringer Slate, man. We, we kidding and popping, man. Make sure you check out the Midnight Boys. Make sure you check out the Ringer Music Show. That's popping out tomorrow. Uh, I'm on the latest edition of the Ringer Music Show. Um, we're doing a Frank Ocean 
uh, song draft, and I think I won it. You know, I'm just going to say oh. I, I won it. Fuck it. I won it. I won my draft was the, was most popping. Okay. All the real ones. You go check that out. Um, and also, <laughs> they thought because I was in Nevada, I was, wasn't going to keep the propaganda going. <laughs> you thought. They were wrong. Um, make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Rob Chappelle. Town legend, Miss Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Roger Bell. The Crestside Clown, Vallejo legend, CC Sabathia. Yeah, I better stop yelling before I get kicked out this room. All right, man. Um, make sure y'all <laughs> make sure y'all lock in, man. We'll see y'all Thursday. Holla. <laughs>